0: Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to Corona Reads. We are here, I'm Sean, (laughs) that's Josh and Jeff on those other screens, wherever those are.
1: We we, we rebranded Corona Reads.
2: I just want to give everybody the heads up right at the top of every episode that we're doing like this, that it's not our fault.
3: In these troubling times... In these difficult times buy a Toyota
2: it's important to have a scapegoat and since I don't like to edit or put in extra effort to make sure the podcast sounds super great um, I just you know blame the coronavirus we, we've all got a huge get out of jail free card right now so I'm using it that
1: works good yeah but we have to stay inside the jail that's true. Jail in place.
3: It feels like a very fancy jail right now.
1: <laughs> this is what white collar crown feels like.
2: It's like, oh, <laughs> Netflix, a full kitchen. Yeah, except you a still toy- need to pay your bills. Those guys, they're just like getting brought their caviar.
1: Ah. Uh, I miss caviar. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: back when we were table reads. Back back when we were table reads. Caviar,
2: champagne. <laughs> Those were the days, weren't they? Um so this is part 5 of Sam Ham's Watchman. Um do you guys think we're going to finish up uh next week?
1: Uh we were on, we're in the 70s, right?
2: Yeah, 76 of 113. I hope so because I only made six graphics. Like graphics for the six <laughs> episodes
1: worth. I'm gonna start reading really slow. Let's just bang on <laughs> it real hard. You could just
3: repeat a graphic; nobody'll notice.
1: <laughs> you should, Probably yeah, but, not. Yeah, but you should make it noticeable. <laughs> we can just that's, invert invert the colors. That's the joke.
0: Previously on Table readers. <laughs>
2: So after a fairly Manhattan-centric episode, we got a Manhattan-free episode that focused on the real reason we're all here, Rorschach. After being captured by the CTU, Rorschach is locked up with all the requisite face smashing. While he's under lock and key, we learn his early origins in the most cinematic way imaginable. They're read to us as bullet points by an overweight psychiatrist. Meanwhile, Dan can't get it up until Laurie is scared by an assassination attempt on Adrian Veet. Then, rock hard! When we return to Rorschach, we're given a better look at the moment that Rorschach went full psycho.
0: Fade in.
2: Uh, dissolve two. Alright, we're on where where it says dissolve two. (laughs) Yes, sir. Exterior, barn toward dusk a rural tree lined area outside the city a compact bubble car pulls up outside a big ramshackle barn and stops Dreeberg gets out goes to the padlock doors fumbles in his pocket for a key after a moment Lori wanders up beside him enough is enough Daniel exactly where are we memory lane he opens the padlock Usher's Lori inside. Interior barn, a moment later. Inside the barn is a huge oblong shape covered with a tarpaulin. Daniel. Give me a hand with the tarp, would you? You take that side. She goes around and bends to unfasten the tarp. The two of them pull it back to reveal the owl ship. Hoot, hoot. Again with the unsurprising <laughs> Reveals She
1: goes up to the owl shaped Tarp
2: <laughs> <laughs> How could you
1: find, how, how would you know it's owl shaped I guess what if it had the ears Poking us straight up <laughs> it's, like, it's like is there a bat under this No
2: well, It's draped over the front and you just see like the, the Two perfect circles <laughs> Where the portholes are for the eyes Right <laughs> I want to read his Batman script now, because you remember in Batman, you have that, like, suit-up sequence where, like, the glove goes on, the other glove goes on, the boot comes up. You see the bat uh, symbol on his chest. Bat nipple. So I wonder if he wrote all that out, like, uh, a a bat-shaped cape and a bat-shaped gauntlet and the bat symbol, and then, like, has him in the shadows, and then says... (laughs) reveal batman ha! <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun.
2: <laughs> all his reveals are not reveals at all have oh. you
1: seen this new clown in town he makes a lot of jokes <laughs> oh <laughs> who I, could that be I, I wonder who this president could be Al Pacino. <laughs>
2: <laughs> more table reads lore yeah <clears throat> the Owl Ship. Night Owl's high-tech hovercraft. It's a bit tarnished from years of disuse, but it's still an impressive sight. Dreeberg stands back to admire it. An impressed Lori wanders around to join him, wearing an ear-to-ear grin.
1: The Owl Ship? I can't believe it.
2: I thought, <laughs> I thought it was time for a routine maintenance check. Interior. The Owl Ship. That moment. The two of them enter... Dreeberg sits at the controls and turns the electrical systems while Lori wanders through the cabin, reliving days gone by.
1: I wish that there was like Hallelujah playing, like super soft, and then when he opens the door, it gets louder. <laughs> like he just has it playing in there.
2: Like on repeat. Right. It's, it's using the auxiliary batteries. <laughs> to just run hallelujah on repeat because this motherfucker prepares
1: he's like I'm gonna get laid one day <laughs> got little owl condoms yeah uh wow this brings back some memories does it still fly only if you're crying baby
2: <laughs> <laughs> I took her out a couple of summers back scared the hell out of some cows I wonder if she'd make it down to Antarctica.
1: Antarctica?
2: Adrian's headed down to his secret retreat. He invited us to come along. I've been thinking, if things do get nasty, it wouldn't be a bad place to sit out of war.
1: Would you want to sit out of war? I mean, what would be left? You and me, baby.
2: You and me. <laughs> <laughs> you and me. He looks directly at her. Suddenly uncomfortable, she averts her gaze, gets up, and begins rummaging around in the back of the cabin. Dreeber turns back to the control panel, feeling subtly rejected. Yeah, you're right. Probably wouldn't make it down there anyway. Behind him, Lori lets out a little squeal of delight. She's just opened a compartment door. Inside it are a handful of gaudy costumes. They're old superhero togs. Dan, the spare costumes? I can't believe you kept them. Me neither. Definitely not for sex reasons. <laughs> just just storage. Yeah. Why is, why is mine all sticky? <laughs> storage. <laughs>
1: the sticky specter. I don't remember taking any bullets to the crotch area. Was are there holes there? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually
3: on a doll.
2: Right. (laughs) I don't remember having my mouth open in a perpetual O like this. Me neither. Mine barely even fits. (laughs) In the cock area.
3: The
2: thing (laughs) is, I try to remember why we did it and I can't. Helping people or righting wrongs or trying to save the world? I don't know. It all seems so abstract. Lori's holding her old costume up against her shoulders, eyeing herself in a small mirror above a sink God, you sound like John Turn around What are you up to? Don't look, turn around Smirking, he complies (laughs) Lori begins to undress in the back of the cabin Hold on Two hours ago I was trying harder than anything to fuck your brains out, now I do not want you to see my tits
1: he missed a chance, it's man. It's not that. It's about the surprise, dude. She was also drunk. That's
2: yeah,
3: true. plausible to my ability. If she's drunk, she can't be like, you're a, yeah. not a slut.
1: I'm not a slut. I was inebriated. Yeah.
3: I need permission from Mr. Jack Daniels. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> He's the headmaster of my all-girls school.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Who's the janitor, Mr. Boston?
2: see <laughs> hmm. you on this owl's, owl's school bus. <laughs> <laughs> Smirking, he complies. Lori begins to undress in the back of the cabin. This better not be what I think it is. Okay. Dreeberg turns around. Lori's in full costume, looking quite imposing and in a perverse way quite beautiful. She's dressed as an owl. <laughs> it's just a really
1: big owl carcass. <laughs> he put the wrong one on. She put the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> now you put I'm on the silk specter, Dan <laughs> You be you be Rorschach, it smells like beans. <laughs> You're here with me. <laughs> this is way better. <laughs> <clears throat> I like the
3: I like the fucked up kinky version of Watchmen. Like I mean, they're already kind of fucked up and kinky, but it's better yeah. this way. Like,
2: <laughs> mm. turns around. Laurie's in full costume, looking quite imposing and, in a perverse way, quite beautiful. He feigns shock. My God, it's the Silk Spectre, scourge of the underworld, defender of the weak, in the flesh. Flesh. Uh. she ambles over to the control panel embraces Dryberg from behind and strokes his thinning hair poor Daniel you really miss it all don't you saving the world I guess I do maybe we can still save ourselves She's, she's reliving hero days and he's like maybe we can save ourselves that's sexy Jeez. right maybe right. we can run away from he's danger like, <laughs> he's fucking super horny <laughs> he's just legit
1: just like having these memories of when they saved the world and did something so fucking big and then he's like yeah but like we can fuck. Uh, we can fuck. And she's like, she's like, look at this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's cool. We can save ourselves from this horny feeling we're both definitely having.
2: You know, baby, running away is my middle name.
1: <laughs> you know, there's two people on this owl ship that are horny without boners.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dissolve two exterior. South Street Seaport, dusk. A massive peace rally downtown. Thousands of citizens have turned out. Placards and protest signs are everywhere. Each remark is met by cheers and chants, by raucous boos as well. And while the crowd is split between pacifists and hawks, they're all frightened as hell. Things are much the same in London, Berlin, possibly even Moscow. The end is nigh and passions flare. It's anarchy waiting to happen. You know what the Joint Chiefs' of staff are doing right
3: now? They're sitting in the Pentagon talking about a first strike. That's right, a first strike.
4: You think think the Reds ain't doing the same thing? Then for the love of God, let's negotiate. We could start a war, but we
1: can't stop it. It's pinko simps like you that drove
4: Dr. Manhattan to Mars. Dr. Manhattan was an inhuman fascist. It's God's judgment. Jesus is the way.
2: (laughs) A Heckler fights his way on stage and lunges for the microphone. (coughs) This is all you, Jeff. Uh, Russia's just been
1: waiting for an opening. They won't show us no mercy. I say nuke them now. You think
2: this is some kind of grudge match? We're talking the end of the world. The two of them grapple at the mic and the heckler falls off the stage. On cue, the crowd erupts. Fights break out. Cops start swinging rifle butts. Stop. Cops start swinging <laughs> rifle butts. Cops start swinging butts. <laughs> they, don't <know. laughs> they don't know how to use the guns. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us these new billy gloves. <laughs> As pro-nukers swarm the stage, our gaze turns upward. A trio of hovercraft hangs in the air above the seaport. Their undersides, outfitted with heavy artillery on turrets, bear the initials CTU. Interior, CTU hovercraft. That moment, dusk. CTU, men watch the nascent riot through the plexiglass canopy.
3: I've had it with these a-holes. Drop the gas.
2: Exterior, seaport. That moment, dusk. I was just picturing Batman on a roof going, too late! <laughs> <laughs> Give me that bomb! <laughs> <clears throat> panic among the crowds as tear gas canisters explode in their midst. The CTU ships descend ever closer to the ground. Ah, here, I'll do this one. Cease and desist at once! We will not hesitate to use force! A couple of cops go down in the melee. Riders grab their rifles, turn them on the CTU ships overhead others in the crowd fling rocks brick bats whatever's handy hysteria rules hey guys what's a brick bat
1: i don't know i'm googling it yeah please google that
2: yeah google
3: the shit out of that i need to know what brick a brick bat, bat a is. piece of brick typically when used as a weapon
2: so it's <laughs> so it's a, a brick it's a brick with velocity
3: need <laughs> to with my brick bat. not a it's not a brick at rest
2: Gotcha. Okay. And if you...
3: Another brick in the wall.
2: If you eat a brick bat, do you get brick coronavirus? Oh! Brick-rona.
3: Brick-rona. Wow. We've got... uh, That's not good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's used, ironically, to highlight how terrible my joke was. I like how
3: you used it Ironically, probably (laughs) a favorite. (laughs) What's
2: a brick bat? (laughs) Cut to interior barn, dusk. Dreeberg walks around to the front of the owl ship with a toolkit, wiping his hands on an oily rag. Gross. He calls inside to Lori. Guess that ought to do it. Let's shut her down. Lori? No reply. Curious, he climbs aboard. Interior, owl ship, that moment. Lori's standing by the monitor over the instrument console. Her face is distraught, agonized. Daniel, you ought to take a look at this. On screen, it's total screaming chaos. Cannons on the bellies of the CTU hovercraft swivel randomly, spitting automatic fire at the mobs below. What the hell?
1: It's a peace rally. The
2: CTU's just opened open fire on the crowd. Oh, Lori. Jesus. No. He turns away, paralyzed with horror. Laurie watches, awestruck. They're just mowing him down. This is it. This is the end of the world. This is what it looks like. camera moves in close on Dryberg's stricken face as we cut to Flashback Processed Footage We're back in slow-mo sepia land, the golden age of superheroes, the owl ship emerges from a fog bank and rises majestically into frame like the 7th Cavalry arriving to save the day. 7th Cavalry, huh? Oh man, huh? As it draws closer, the Perspex canopy coming into view, we can just make out Night Owl at the helm with Silk Spectre riding shotgun. There's a frenzied mob below, racing right and left, their aimless motions, stylized and surreal. They're beset <laughs> by a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> for everybody who's listening to this,
3: Sean is <laughs> fucking dancing in a stylized, unreal way. <laughs>
1: yeah. Coming, coming for you, crime! <laughs>
2: Um, (laughs) uh, they're beset by a sudden windstorm as the owl ship's powerful blowers clear the tear gas from this fantasy equivalent of the seaport plaza faces turn skyward fingers point and suddenly the footage we're watching undergoes a subtle transformation colors bleed in sound comes up the pace of the action quickens And when we cut back to the ship overhead, we're in full color and real time. Aerial shot on Owl ship, because the Owl ship is really there. And by, how?
3: I gotta stop you for a second. My fucking audacity stopped working. Oh no! Are you recording this feed or no? I am. Okay. Uh, It just crashed on me.
2: Okay, so I'm just gonna have to use the Skype channel.
3: You'll have to use a Skype channel. I, I just restarted it, but it's at like 23 minutes, so.
2: Okay. Did you lose what you had, or does it automatically save that file?
3: It, I just started up, and it's gone. Nothing Nothing came out of it.
2: Excellent.
1: So you'll have to use Skype for the first half, and then Josh's good shit for the second half.
2: Yes. And do you know who is to blame? Uh, Corona. Corona! I just had a hard I just
3: had a hard blue screen of death Like while we were taking a break too So I saw that text My computer's very Yeah it's because fucked up right now Because
2: Windows catches the coronavirus Along with every <laughs> other virus <laughs> It's true It's those 5G towers
3: Don't Sorry, sorry to fuck up your flow man
0: yeah, you're
1: fucking up my flow. My, flow, my flow has been fucked,
2: unlike Drawberg's soft dick. He's going to push it in there. <laughs> you know, it's,
1: it's funny that he can't get it up, but yet the, the man who cares nothing about the world or earthly pleasures got three erections at the beginning of this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, he could manipulate matter with his mind,
1: man.
2: <laughs> dick be hard. So he, Dan was was unable to get it up because it's been a while, and he's nervous. Lori, meanwhile, was ravenous for the dick because she was getting him two, three at a time. It's been like four hours since she got laid. Come she on. just
3: wanted a one regular dick, not four blue dicks
1: you don't even taste like a battery this <laughs> <laughs> doesn't tingle at all go get that you tingly get, shit you got regular non-alkaline dick I, don't like it. I need that nuclear
2: dick I need that lithium dick tape a 9 volt battery to your dick then <laughs> let me suck it <laughs> I was thinking about like uh
3: the kinky version of this. It was like instead of Dr. Manhattan, it could be Dr. Whoa Manhattan and instead of a, a it's a bitch, it's a lady and she Uh-oh. got yeah, so she got like little blue nipples <laughs> and a big giant like
1: like two-story blue badge, <laughs> or she still gives herself a dick.
4: <laughs> <laughs> because why not?
3: Even better. Even better transgender
1: <laughs> with with a huge blue dick and titties.
3: <laughs> just, just like
1: just vaporizing people in Vietnam. I, I wonder if it's gonna hit hard enough on the fact that, like, the you know the 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 funny part about the fact that he couldn't get it up is because he had like fear and was nervous. Like the the idea that Batman couldn't get it up in like a regular situation, like to prove out, because not out was Batman, right? But like,
4: he's actually based on cool Blue Beetle. Night Owl was? Yes. Oh, in your face,
2: bitch. Rorschach's bad. Yeah, they were all based on Charleston characters. uh, and That was the original thing. Uh, Dr. Manhattan was Captain Atom. Rorschach was the question. Night Owl was Blue Beetle. Um, Okay. And then DC... there, uh, There are a couple other ones for Ozymandias and Silk Spectre that are like real deep cuts and I can't remember their names, but uh, the original plan was to use those characters because DC was licensing them from Charleston Mm -hmm. or had just bought them and then DC was like, you know what, we want to put these characters in our books properly, so don't use them.
1: (laughs) But just, I mean, I'm guessing that's where this is going to go, but instead of the Prison outbreak. Uh, they'll just stop. They'll kill some peaceful protesters and/or the police.
2: Yeah. Either way, at the end of this, someone's going to be hard.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, <police>. it's me. <laughs> 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 I've got the outfit all ready to go. <laughs> Leonard Cohen queued up.
2: Woo-hoo. Uh, because the Owl ship is really there, and by God, the Watchmen are back in action, a quarter mile above the South Street seaport. By God. It says that in the directions, it says by God. I saw them. (laughs) He's just talking to himself at this point. (laughs) Interior, he's like, nobody's gonna fucking read this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I'll be goddamn <laughs> if that bitch didn't pick up the vacuum cleaner. I'm trying to write. Like, he's just talking <laughs> <about this.
2: laughs> uh, interior, owl ship, that moment. The three CTU ships are now visible through the cockpit dome. Okay, Lori, let's see if we've still got what it takes. That's that's his superhero voice. He's putting on the deepest voice he can. <sighs> oh, clear, I got what I think. <laughs> on the panel, a computer targeting device homes in on the CT on a CTU ship. Interior CTU hovercraft. That moment. A radar man stares at the at his console in puzzlement. Sir, we've got an odd blip off starboard. The ship rocks violently as a sudden explosion aerial shot on CTU hovercraft <laughs> blows the cannon mount cleanly off its underside. The ruptured ship wobbles, trying to right itself, but to no avail. Jet sputtering, it lurches toward the harbor and slaps down hard against the water. Angle on crowd, pointing at the skies in disbelief. Look up there! Oh my, oh my god, god, it's...
4: it's... <laughs>
1: how, how, long, how long was this ctu ship bombing these fucking citizens that it got to the news they saw it
2: on the news right and then they flew there and they're just still fucking going i'll I'll give you a hint they had to bus in more protesters (laughs) (laughs) second wave of protesters go
1: (laughs) get them in here get them in here i think they're finally listening to reason (laughs) <laughs> They're almost out of unreasonable bombs. The unreasonable bomb.
2: See if stepping over the dead bodies of all their uh predecessors <laughs> yes. gives Welcome them any
0: pause.
2: Well, the, <laughs> the protesters' union must have like real strong membership.
1: They're they're just very good, like at being tactically minded, oddly enough, for peaceful protesters. So <laughs> nah, they're gonna bomb that first wave. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Though how does a protesters union picket their job?
1: Oh, what what if they what if they think that the protesting union is corrupt? Well, like, yeah, if the
2: protesting union is if if whatever you wherever your protest place is and you're in the protesting union, and you want to go on strike, you can't because pr- striking is protesting, and protesting makes you a scab if you're on strike.
1: This is, so this is for the audience that's on the meta level of this episode. Sean just Sean just wrapped. This scene into the whole crux of the story of who watches the Watchmen. But he did it with a fictional protest and organization. He's <laughs> like, what if the protesters become corrupt? How do you protest? That? <laughs> the Watchman was created because the cops were corrupt, but who watches the bar? people who were watching those? Who who scabs the scabs? <laughs> I love that Sean brought it
2: around with a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking art dude It's just like inception levels of <laughs> uh, uh Interior owl ship on Dryberg He barks into a microphone Sorry he barks into a microphone Attention Mark. CTU what, what were we saying? Nothing Attention CTU Cease fire immediately! Exterior, seaport, that moment, dusk, ground level. From the midst of the bewildered crowd, we watch as the owl ship and the CTU talk some serious trash. Or we'll blow your asses out of the sky! Unregistered craft, identify yourself. (laughs) Baby, we're a blast from the past. Oh, I instantly regret saying that. You did so good with
1: the with the speaker like that.
2: That's what it that's what it should say is maybe we're a blast from the past. Oh I instantly regret saying that. That should be the line. <laughs> <lamb. laughs> they didn't cut it
1: off, like damn, that was stupid.
2: Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> the crowd's in a frenzy. Most of them are taking it Wait, what? Most of them are taking it on the lamb. I thought that said one AM. That's why I was confused. <laughs> but a dozen hardy souls are standing stock still, transfixed by the strange sight overhead. someone read this line I'm not doing it it's the watchman excitement ripples through the crowd as the CTU ships bob in the air clumsily turning to face their attacker soon the ships are hanging immobile in midair squaring off face to face a wild west showdown except not at all on the prows of all three craft missile launchers rotate into position interior owl ship that moment Dreyberg with his hand poised on the throttle. We're going to have to shave this one close. <laughs> Lori's like, on it.
1: I'm doing already it already. Did.
2: Stop moving the ship. Already did. <laughs> An instant before the CTU rockets fire, Dreyberg shoves the throttle full forward. Aerial shot on Owl Ship. With a burst of flame, the Owl Ship blasts off. The two rockets converge on the point where the owl ship was hovering a millisecond before and collide. Boom! The owl ship, meanwhile, hurls forward, slicing directly between the two CTU ships. The crowd cheers. I really yay! need. I really need some cheering on my soundboard. Yay! Yeah, yeah wow. the Monty Python one.
1: As they're as they're holding their friends in their arms, dying, just like yay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the watchman saved some of us <laughs> has anyone seen my leg <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh jesus this line i feel like it's a typo like it must be it must mean lori dreberg rides the joystick nice Lori watches a monitor showing the aft view from the ship they're following us alright, mission accomplished he's no sooner said it than machine gun fire peppers the rear of the ship he arcs hard left and drops taking evasive action exterior, world trade center night the owl ship streaks between the twin towers a second later the CTU ships rip past on either side.
1: What's happening here? (laughs) It's a very sensitive subject. Tread lightly their (laughs) movie.
2: We would like to remind you that this movie was written in 1989.
1: (laughs) They fly right past the CDC.
2: Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) COVID-89. Exterior street night. Astonished pedestrians gape at the bizarre dogfight above them. Dogfight? Have you seen two blimps in a dogfight before? I don't know if you can call that a dogfight. I don't know what an
1: evasive maneuver looks like in a blimp. (laughs) The the Hindenburg, maybe, I guess. I don't
2: know. Take evasive action. Pop. Pop. Astonished... Oh, boy. Ooh. the owl ship dog legs around a darkened office building a CTU missile blows a hole in its facade aerial shot on owl ship firing two missiles afterward at the pursuing craft interior owl ship that moment Dreberg exhilarated Lori worried checking the radar readout
1: missed him Dan you're aiming high
2: I don't want to take him out just want to keep him interested they're practically on us that detroit shit i'm so worried he punches a button on the dash it's labeled turbo what does that do
3: <laughs> it's the way that she likes it
1: yeah not when i kick it into turbo drive <laughs> this turns on <laughs> the
2: third fan <laughs> 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 aerial shot on airship the turbo jets kick in and the owl ship accelerates to 400 miles per hour leaving the ctu craft hour. in the dust well the owl ex- ship isn't isn't actually a zeppelin
3: the it disintegrates into pieces
2: <laughs> yeah but, but 400 <laughs> miles per hour and they were just in a dogfight. where's he going he's leaving
1: He's bringing them away. Just keeping
2: them interested. Now that they're 25 feet away from the people they were murdering, we can safely (laughs) assume that they'll just follow us for however long. Like, they're Pepe Le Pew. Just, they're not in a hurry. They're just going to cruise behind us at six miles an hour as we (laughs) zoom off into the horizon. Yeah, it's like, I need
1: to drag him away from the site and keep him interested in it. She's like, they're closing in on us, Dan. He's like, well, I ain't no pussy. And he fucking hits the turbo button. (laughs) They ain't catching me, goddammit. It's like you're forgetting the reason that you were coming out here. Running away is my middle name. (laughs) They'll never catch us. It's like, no, the point was to catch
2: us. Uh, Exterior, Holland Tunnel, night. A line of traffic enters the tunnel. The owl ship swoops suddenly and, just clearing the arch, enters above them. A moment later, the lead CTU ship tries to follow. Bad move. How? How? These are basically blimps. <laughs> Did he try? Because he
1: obviously couldn't go 400 miles per hour. <laughs> he was just like, how is it like, anywhere near 400? them?
3: <laughs> it can't be.
2: <laughs> I uh, the less maneuverable craft rams into the lip of the arch and explodes. Oh, the humanity! The second C.T.U. ship hurtles toward a similar fate, but at the last moment, retro jets blasting at full force, it manages to stop itself. It backs up slightly, edges up over the tunnel and settles for the airborne route. Interior, Holland Tunnel, a moment later. The owl ship zooms through the tunnel, mere feet above the tops of the cars. Horns honk, brakes screech. There's an oversized truck directly in its path. The owl ship nudges up slightly, and clears the truck by inches, throwing off sparks against the roof of the tunnel. Interior, owl ship, that moment. The end of the tunnel is coming up fast fog blowers on activate radar shields exterior he's, Holland hmm?
1: he's he's threading a fucking tunnel at 400 miles per hour what the that'll fuck? get his,
3: that'll get his dick hard
1: that is,
2: <laughs> your margin of error is so low <laughs> also Whatever. also I think part of him is like god damn it I'm going to ram some fucking tunnel tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to go in reverse. Nope, back in. <laughs> I
1: feel like whoever wrote this just wrote a number. He's like, 400 is pretty fucking fast. <laughs> I'm just going to put that there. Not really knowing
2: how fast 400 miles per hour is. That seems right. <laughs> He's faster than my car. <laughs> um, That actually reminds me. I, I uh, worked at a film festival years back and... We had Patrick Stewart as a guest, and he oh. did he did a little talking with the audience. And someone asked him some Star Trek question, of course, because fucking nerds. Um, and he goes, "You know, I've I've never had much interest in sci fi, uh, and I couldn't even tell you what I was saying most of the time. I don't even know what warp speed is. I only know you can't do it on the highway."
1: I feel like Gene Roddenberry wrote that line for him and he's just been holding on to it yeah. <laughs> since then. He's like, I'm just going to say this for
2: the next until I
1: die. Engage.
2: <laughs> I've been holding on to this line, saving it, savoring it, just for the Sarasota Film Festival. <laughs> True thespians will understand my That's humor. That's pretty
3: fucking cool, though. Like, I love Patrick Stewart, man.
2: Uh, Peace, who's the greatest?
1: I would I would love to just meet him and mention everything but Star Trek. And then when somebody asks you a question, like, "Why are you ask him that?" <laughs> just pretend you didn't know he's from Star Trek. Be like, "You're this in Star Patrick?
2: Trek, <laughs> Patrick Stewart from the Green Room." <laughs> like- <laughs> so I actually did that to William H Macy at that same film festival. I was talking to him, and all these people kept coming up and like saying how much they loved his latest movie, whatever. And after like the fifth person walked away you know, saying how great that one movie was, I was like, yo, man, you were great in Enter the Dragon. You were the
1: bomb in Phantoms, yo. You were the best cuck in Boogie Nights that I've ever met.
2: <laughs> Did you really kill yourself in that movie? Um, also, how are your kids doing in school, by the way? <laughs> uh... Blah that's real topical um I don't know where we are dudes
1: uh we're in the uh oh right at the top of the page yeah
2: the owl ship emerges from the tunnel and noses <laughs> upward at an almost vertical angle spewing dense clouds of billowing fog in its wake a few seconds later the lone remaining CTU ship arrives but seeing only fog and no trace of the owl ship it pushes forward on a horizontal course and disappears into the darkness beyond the water. Interior, Owl Ship, a moment later, night. They're in the middle of a cloud bank. Dreeberg is wearing a look of intense satisfaction as Lori nervously checks the radar. Lori. We lost him. He flashes her a smug little smile, laughing uncontrollably, She shakes her head and buries her face in her hands.
1: Oh, Daniel, we're in deep shit now.
0: Table Reads will return
4: after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, docs and Docats Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here. And if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the f- fu- Here, watch your language, bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on YouTube.com slash Ferris Wheelhouse 2. Or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> You've been listening to the Looney Tunes critic. Ain't he a stinker?
3: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at
4: cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? So the movie's
0: important, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now back to table reads.
2: Guys, you don't want to know what we talk about on the break.
1: This is harmless fun. Pool noodles. Pool noodles. Yeah. Pool noodles the are important. What can do with a pool noodle?
2: Whether you're a man or a woman. Or a woman. a woman. Yeah. Alright guys, I am flagging I want to power through this So let's get back in there Here we go
0: Fade in
2: Interior Prison mess hall, night The usual assortment of jailbirds Lined up with trays in the serving line A prison trustee In hospital orderly whites Enters the hall and falls in line At the end of the line Falls in at the end of the line I... invented a line. He nudges the Khan in front of him.
3: Just left the infirmary. Lost Otis about 20 minutes ago.
2: The Khan nods and whispers to the man in front of him. The news goes through the serving line like wildfire. Within a matter of seconds, it's reached the jailbird at the front of the line, a hulk named T-Bone. I really want (laughs) T-Bone to go, What? There's biscuits in the toilets? What? (laughs) Cause like in you know, a phone line. <laughs> I'm glad you I love Jeff. It. He's like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I, I, I'm
1: glad he walked me through. it. I wouldn't want to say anything. I was like, "Go on."
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's good. I mean, I'll do whatever you want, boss. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh have you guys seen Johnny Dangerously?
1: Yeah. No.
2: Oh my god! It's uh, it's an airplane style movie but set in like the 1930s it's like a gangster airplane like Zucker spoofy movie with Michael Keaton and it's hilarious and you should watch it and that's all also Joe Piscopo nice plug (laughs) give me Keaton money Uh, this podcast sponsored by Michael Keaton (laughs) Michael Keaton would like you to know he is still around still here and I'm still healthy uh. Wait, is this? Oh, uh, just Otis went down. T nods and carries his tray to a nearby table where a cadre of six enormous thugs are munching away. Presiding over them is the biggest man in the pen, who happens, ironically, to be a midget. A little Bigger. His name is Little Bigger. Yeah, just heard, boss. Otis bought it. Fucking Rorschach. This joint goes up tonight. Exterior. I figured it was appropriate that I play the midget. What? (laughs) (laughs) What what could you be referring to? We never noticed anything. (laughs) Is this another telephone game thing?
3: I let Jeff play (laughs) (laughs) T-Bone.
2: I'm like,
1: I ain't no fucking T-Bone. Give me the newscaster. It's me, (laughs) T-Bone. Hey, it's me, Tebow. Hey, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Um, I want the biscuits
2: in the (laughs) the toilet. (laughs) Exterior aerial shot on Owl Ship, night. Drifting lazily through a cloud bank, the blunt prow of the Owl Ship emerges gradually from a shroud of fog and catches a shaft of pale blue moonlight. Interior, Owl Ship, that moment, night. Through the cockpit window, the distant city skyline glimmers then disappears again behind wisps of clouds. We're taking a dreamy tour of the stratosphere, slow and elegant. Somewhere, Billie Holiday is singing, I can show you the world. Uh, Sorry, uh, you're my thrill. Instruments blink and peep on the panel. No one's at the controls. The ship lurches. A wine bottle tips and rolls noisily across the width of the cabin floor. A woman's hand reaches for it, sets it right. It's Lori, who's midway through a two-minute kiss with Dryberg. The pair of them are locking in a tight, post-coital embrace on the cabin floor, their clothing in heaps around them. Better. Much better. Dryberg starts to say something, settles back with a serene smile instead.
1: I bet I know what made the difference this time. What? The costumes, am
2: I right? Dreberg seems mildly shocked by the proposition. Then, despite himself, he starts to chortle. She pokes him playfully on the arm. Come on, admit it. No way. I'm not that much of a pervert. Yes, you are. No offense, Laurie, but it was Silk Spectre I had the crush on. Tonight was the first time i felt like myself in ten years. That's because... It's because I fucked you. It's because there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. The world's about to end. I feel like I could save it. He grabs his cloak, wraps it around him, and moves purposefully to the instrument panel. He throws a few switches, arcs the owl ship hard right.
1: You're full of yourself.
2: What are you doing? As long as we're on the subject of perverts, I miss Rorschach. Let's spring him. What? Dreberg, rejuvenated, exhilarated, smiling ear to ear, reaches for the throttle and kicks the ship into overdrive. Now, Jeff, as yes. you as you read this every year, remind me: in the comic, do they fuck on the owl ship?
0: Yes, they yes. do.
2: They do. So, can you now fill me in on why everyone was so pissed off that they fucked in the owl ship on the movie? In the movie.
1: Were they mad about that? People I don't know were, why they are yes. mad about that. I, mean, I wasn't mad about it. I, I like the. I mean, I, maybe it was that it was kind of the played up pretty was hard. Weird. They 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 went a little long with the sex the, scene, yeah. and then the hitting the. I don't know why, but maybe they were upset that they hit the flamethrower in time with the orgasm also in time with the chorus for Hallelujah. They might have thought it was too gimmicky or something. I lo- I loved it. I thought it was great. The flame flamethrower the book, was a bit though. much, that's true. Don't they do that in the book? I don't think they do the flamethrower in the book. I don't remember them doing that. I don't remember it being as like, comic-y and shit like that. But like, I mean... At the, at the same time at least it wasn't this at least it wasn't them literally telling you why he was able to fucking get it up Like, yeah. le- they, they show it and they play it this is like hey you got off because you like the idea of us wearing costumes don't you that's something you're supposed to like read <laughs> like see through the character's actions not dressed up no boner let's dressed throw up? the sub Bunker.
2: out of this subtext Ah. (laughs) You know how you do that? (laughs) No one will be confused by my script. So I'm looking at the
3: scene right now in the book and they're like, did the costumes make it good, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I guess the costumes had something to do with it. Oh, so
2: Alan Moore called it out, too. Yeah, yeah he calls it out right there. Yeah, I hate that. I don't remember that. Well, I guess you need to read it again.
1: Yeah, read it again, yeah, bitch. I, it's downstairs. I'll do that. But yeah, no, I, I like the fucking idea of just having it kind of more for like the violence and shit like that. I guess that's one of the things the movie kind of did a little better.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, why do you need yeah. to say it? Yeah, why yeah. do you have to
1: say it? You Whether you're Alan Moore it.
2: or Sam Ham. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh... Oh, yeah, got that. Uh... Cut to Series of Shots. My favorite phrase in a script. The prison. And as Sly Stone once said, there's a riot going on. I... Silence howl, and we get several quick glimpses of gleeful convicts running wild, disabling guards... Overrunning cell blocks, liberating weapons, throwing food. They could have done this at any time. They just wanted an excuse, I guess? What? Right. There, there were no circumstances that allowed this to happen. They just decided. like They're waiting for the one guy to die. Yeah, like one day they're just like, I'm bored of being in prison. Let's not do that anymore. Uh... Throwing food. Of course, they have a food fight in the prison breakout, whatever. Dreeberg and Lori... Uh, interior owl ship, that moment. Dreeberg and Lori back in full costume. Dreeberg's eyes are riveted to a monitor over the controls. I think we're just a trifle late.
1: Jesus, Dan.
2: Out of the frying pan. The monitor shows a magnified view of the prison complex below them. The prisoners have taken the quad and are exchanging fire with the guards in the watchtower. It's an ugly, bloody mess. Who watches the watchtower? (laughs) I know he's totally bugfuck, but he saved my life a half dozen times. Interior cell, night. Sirens blaring everywhere. Rorschach sits on his bunk, his legs drawn up before him, his eyes darting swiftly around the cell. I want him to be eating beans that we are unsure where he got them sitting there eating mystery beans.
3: (laughs) Mystery beans. Mystery beans. That's that's our new superhero group.
1: Yeah, I guess I started a new podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to mystery beans.
2: Interior, maximum security block night. Smoke and confusion escaped convicts racing to and fro past sprawled unconscious guards. In the midst of all the chaos, four menacing figures stride purposefully through the cell block. It's the psychotic midget Little Bigger with... Really gotta watch saying that. With his three henchmen, Carlos, Rafi, and (laughs) T-Bone. Wheeling an oversized electrical arc welder before them, they stop outside Rorschach's (laughs) Rorschach's cell and grin in anticipation. Find an outlet for this thing! Rorschach! I did fifteen years because of you. It's payback time. Rafi finds an outlet and plugs in the arc welder. They just have ar- outlets in the hallway of prisons. They don't have two forty
3: volt outlets in the Not hallway for, no fucking for a arc fucking welder, arc welder.
2: That's,
1: I, <laughs> they got I don't a think really big to electrical
2: that. cable. They're gonna plug into one end. Unplug- bring it down from the shop. <laughs> Unplug that washing machine. I got to plug in this arc welder. It's still not the same voltage.
1: <laughs> it takes its own particular designated breaker. Yeah. Whatever, that's getting too into it. Ship flies 400 miles per hour. Keep going. Yeah.
2: Carlos is carrying a big nasty meat cleaver. He yeah. slides back the panel in Rorschach's door, rattles the cleaver noisily in the frame.
4: See this, run? We're going to take your puny little balls off and pickle them. (laughs) I think he just wet his pants.
2: Hilarity all around. T-Bone shoves Carlos aside and takes his place at the panel in the door. Let me see. Let me see. Relax, boys. Everybody gets a slice of turkey. But I get to carve. What's he doing now? No response from T-Bone, who stands there with his face pressed tightly to the panel. You deaf- I said, what's he- He gives T-Bone a nudge. T-Bone's legs buckle and he topples over backwards, landing flat as a board on the floor. A soup spoon quivers eye on the air, its sharpened handle buried deep in his eye socket. Boss, Jesus! Son of a bitch! We're coming, Rorschach. We're gonna peel you like a grape. Light the torch.
1: Uh, oh, one second. I love, I love the imagery of them plugging up this big fucking arc welder that's just got this huge flame. And then the guy next to him pulls out a knife. He's like, yeah, when we use this to get in there, we're going to fucking use this knife. No. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, 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 he's like, i on, chop your
2: balls off. And the guy's over there with a fucking huge flame just like, cutting through the bars. Yeah, yeah I'm going to drop this. And not to be a pedant, but I kind of want one guy to go, "Uh, boss. This door's uh well I don't think we're ever getting it open and open now. Maybe we should have used an acetylene torch. <laughs>
1: we just keep welding it shut, boss. You know, this is an outbreak. We probably could have got some keys off
2: a guard. We could've just shot him through the boss. Yeah, we could have just shot him. Yeah, these unconscious guards everywhere, they got guns. I gotten pretty good at knife throwing. I could just stand here all day and fucking throw knives at him. Uh, also, we're gonna peel you like a grape. Who the fuck peels their grapes? People in uh, prison with a lot of time. My sister does. Does she? Yeah. Josh, I have news for you that you are not gonna like. Your sister is a <laughs> psychopath.
3: <laughs> can, Jeff, can you can you uh, can you confirm or deny that? Yeah, if she does
1: peel grapes, that that it's true. Yeah, I believe it. She's kind of cool, but then. This, this takes it too, too far.
2: <laughs> Love you, Katie. Raffi ignites the arc welder and the boys go to work on the lock of Rorschach's cage. Interior cell. That moment. Rorschach waiting patiently on his bunk. The metal lock on the inside of the cell door is beginning to glow a dull red. Cut to interior owl ship. That moment. Night. Draberg hands Laurie what looks like a pair of electronic earmuffs. Okay. I'm turning on the Screamers. We'll have to hit the roof, running. He throws a switch on the control panel. Exterior, prison complex. A moment later, night. Windows shatter in the guard towers as a wailing ultrasonic screech splits the air. On the roof of the complex, paralyzed guards drop their weapons. Escaped prisoners clutch at their burst eardrums as the owl ship descends and gently touches down. The lock is bright red and... Interior, Rorschach's cell, that moment. The lock is bright red and smoking. Over on the bunk, Rorschach's face is lined with exertion. His back is wedged tight against the wall of the cell, his legs straining against the lip of his toilet. Grunting and groaning, he manages to knock the toilet off its mounting. The pipes spew. Within seconds, the floor of the cell is flooded. Interior, cell block, outside door. A moment later... Rafe kills the arc welder and stands back. Who's Rafe? Oh, okay, boss, that ought to do it. They give the door a shove. It swings inward, and gallons of water come gushing out. Little Bigger steps back in disgust. What the? Rafe and Carlos gape into the cell. They see the broken toilet, but there's no trace of Rorschach. Rorschach! Rorschach.
4: Company's oh. calling!
2: Where's the fucking run? Carlos advances cautiously toward the cell, the cleaver in his fist. Interior cell, that moment. In answer to Rafi's question, Rorschach is hiding behind the door. He slams it shut on Carlos's outstretched hand. The red-hot metal of the lock catches Carlos's wrist. He shrieks and drops the cleaver. Ah! Giving Rorschach just enough time to snatch it up. He jumps, monkey-like, and stands poised on his bunk as the door swings wide, and an enraged Carlos charges in, clutching his scorched forearm. You're mine now, you little— From the bunk, Rorschach flings the cleaver. It strikes the floor between Rafi and Carlos, neatly severing the power cord of the arc-welder, which is sitting in an inch of standing water. Rafi and Carlos do a herky-jerky dance as 20,000 volts course through their bodies and pitch face down into the water. All lights in the cell block dim and die. Little Bigger backs off in gibbering horror as Rorschach climbs down off off his bunk, emerges from the cell, and calmly steps over the bodies of the dead.
1: Your move, right?
2: The midget kingpin lets out a scream and tears off down the corridor as fast as his stubby little legs will carry him. Interior, prison corridor. A moment later, Dreberg and Lori move down a dark, abandoned corridor, trying to get their bearings. Where are we? What happened to the lights? Generators will kick in in a minute. We should be close to solitary. Their hands turn toward the end, their heads turn toward the e- end of the passage, where a second corridor crosses the one they're standing in. As they watch, a screaming midget sprints past and disappears. Dreberg and Lori blink in disbelief. Huh? A moment later. A familiar figure with bright red hair strides past. Rorschach? Rorschach pauses. He stares at his costumed colleagues for a second and a half, then keeps on walking. Interior, prison, cross corridor a moment later. The terrified little bigger realizes he's just hit a dead end. He throws a glance over his shoulder, sees Rorschach moving up on him. Desperate, he ducks into a men's room. Rorschach follows, his pace measured and deliberate. Behind him, Laurie and Dreeberg have just rounded the corner into the cross corridor. Rorschach, is that you? He turns and holds up a finger. One moment, please. Then, calm and dispassionate, he enters the men's room. Dreeberg and Laurie stand at the end of the corridor, mildly boggled.
1: What's he doing?
2: I think he's going to the john my god we bust him out of jail in the middle of a riot and he stops to take a before she can finish rorschach re-emerges wiping his hands on a paper towel he wanders up to the to join them without so much as a howdy that was quick
1: toilet clogged short fat turd let's get out of here
0: fade out fade
1: out
2: I don't know, that seemed like a good place, right? Ah, sorry. I had you guys muted. I said, I don't know, that seems like a good place, right? Uh, yeah, that's
3: a pretty good place.
2: So, um, Jeff. Yes. You're the Watchmen aficionado here. What are you thinking so oh, far?
1: You're gonna get me fucking roasted.
2: Once again, this
1: is... My, my, my thoughts haven't really changed too much. This is uh, this is Watchmen light. This is... You know, all the nuance gone. I I don't... I kind of think they wasted a little bit of time with that whole airship chase scene. I feel like that was something they thought they had to put in there, but you've you've got this huge cast of characters. Why would you waste it not showing any of them? Like, instead showing a bunch of CG fucking planes No, not CG.
2: These would be miniatures.
1: Miniatures, yeah. Yeah, that's true. 89. Yeah, so... I, I mean, I don't know why you would waste time doing that. This... This scene really didn't set. I didn't really feel like uh, a little bigger was a factor. It just there was nothing built up. I didn't care. Yeah, he didn't even do the tall order thing, which was my favorite part. That if he it, said,
2: "If it makes you feel any better about the the dog chase, um, for half the time he had the clouds on, so you couldn't even see the ship." Right. <laughs> so it wouldn't have been
1: interesting to look at. Not only, not only do you have a cast of like. I don't know, like six to eight pretty good characters you can be following. Yeah, we're just going to stare at this airship that's also camouflaged for like a five to six minute chase scene. But yeah, no, other than that, it's it's uh, it's Baby's first uh, adaptation. It's just whatever the shortest route he could take that didn't make you think too much.
2: Yeah, you, you almost wish he just took the concepts and went in a completely different direction.
1: Yeah, at least make it. Either if you're not gonna take it one for one, don't take like the skim off the top, and just be like, yeah, this is what the Watchmen is. It's a comic book movie. <laughs> nah, just just either do something fucking different or do a one for one.
2: What do you think, Josh?
1: I think it's.
3: I, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the the film. Um, I recently read reread the reread the book and. Hey. I didn't remember eighty percent of the book, oh. so like it's been a like uh, it's been a minute. So since I read the book, I as, after our first episode, I reread the book, and now that we're here, it's it doesn't feel that light to me. It feels a lot of it is kind of like a facsimile. It feels sure. like a little bit of a facsimile, but it loses the magic a little bit in between the book and like a script. So I think if they were to put this to film, it might turn out pretty good. But it would depend on how they did it.
2: So it's almost like when you see uh, a painting that one of Da Vinci's students did that's the same as one of Da Vinci's paintings, and you're like, "It's, it's the. I can see that it's the same thing, but it just is missing that yeah thing." Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I yeah, mean, reading it. reading it, we're not really shitting on it too much. It definitely wouldn't have been on like a top 10 worst superhero movies. No way. Made yeah. like it wouldn't it wouldn't break that. It'd just be like a really cool version. And then we might not have gotten Zack Snyder's version of it. So it might have just been stuck in 1989 and not introduced new people to it. If you attach
3: this script to a really awesome team, a great director, producer, get some good actors.
2: Terry I think it could, Gilliam. Could yeah. That's who was yeah. going to direct it. Yeah.
1: Because you can take out – because a good director would see it as a character drama. If they read the book right, along with right. this, they'd be like, okay, yeah, so – Not about comic book bullshit. characters. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but but they need to be like okay with, with like fucking with something in 1989 that hadn't really been done a lot. But like fucking with how time it works in a movie. Like the Dr. Manhattan stuff, is that's super hard for someone without vision. To be yeah. like all right how do i how do i show someone seeing past present future all at one time and how do i like make that overwhelming to a human
2: yeah <laughs> the other yeah. thing is that watchmen is such a uh like perversion of the entire superhero genre that right. it doesn't work unless you're familiar with the superhero genre like yep. this shouldn't be what introduces anyone to comics because you don't know the tropes at that point, yeah. Right. And so, this movie in 1989, the world wasn't ready for it. It wouldn't have That's landed, true. even if he were making that sort of new take on superheroes. That this script is sorely missing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that was in the book. Um, because all we had at that point was some Superman movies that had were so far in the past that nobody was thinking about them anymore. And one Batman movie—that's right. really all he had to go on. But you know, by the time Zack Snyder's Watchmen came out, we had plenty of superhero movies, and we were steeped in that whole thing. So you could right. turn it on its head.
1: Because you know, a large part of the book is that showing that the reason these people did it, there was—you know—the the the Minutemen, like when they're talking about under the red or under the hood, like he was even doing it just. Cause he liked to work out and he liked to punch people like uh, and then half of them were in it for fame they wanted publicity then others were in it for a for a fetish like nobody was actually doing it for good reasons they were all do being a hero for selfish reasons and
2: that's what it tried to highlight yeah so. because good people join the police force right <laughs> like, you want to be a good guy be a fucking cop right or, or the army or, or something you
1: know you a don't firefighter or an emt yeah You don't have to dress in skin-tight latex and go out and punch people in back alleys. And you're like, I'm doing the world so much
2: good. Which is what I love about Batman. (laughs) He definitely plays by the rules. (laughs) Because, I mean, he's got billions of dollars in which he can actually change society. And instead, he's like, I'm going to punch this city better.
1: And that's what, and you're absolutely right. Nobody was looking at it in the, in the mainstream in 1989. No one looked at Batman on the screen and was like, "That's a man with mental issues. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a six foot five man in a latex bat suit running around punching clowns. We need to, we need, we need to get this guy some help." They definitely <laughs> were not
2: saying that about Michael Keaton. <laughs> so, Josh. Oh, promote man. yourself you can you can, you can uh, check me out
3: joshua j baker.com i've been doing a lot of film work uh prior to the coronavirus after that i've been doing some real estate work and a little bit of product work uh you can reach out to me at josh j-o-s-h at joshua
2: all at me and for all your table reads needs do hit table uh we also have a link tree which is linktr.ee slash tablereads. And hey, I have a new podcast that sadly doesn't have these guys, Um, but it is about the new CW DC Universe TV show, Stargirl. It is the most informative deep dive of the Stargirl show that you can imagine, if that's your thing. So check that out, stargirlaftershow.com. That's going to be it for us today. Um, we will see you next week with maybe the conclusion. Do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The conclusion. We got 23 pages left.
1: Yeah, we got this. Oh, yeah. that'll be That's one more episode
2: for sure. Yeah. So next week we will wrap up the Watchmen. And until then, we will miss you. Oh, it's a boy.
0: This podcast was created by Sean McBean. For more. Visit tablereadspodcast.com. Cut to black.
4: 18 plus.